Hey, welcome back to Masters of Divinity. We have today, or at least for this episode, I mean, um, Paul Park. Uh, he's not uh, a stranger to this podcast. He's been on before uh, a year or so ago. And in this particular conversation, I think that um, we talk about kind of the same topic, which is a ministry that is way more multi-ethnic. What I think is important about this particular episode is how he talks about, how Paul talks about the gospel as the glue. And he sees uh, the gospel as something that is able to be kind of common ground for people of different backgrounds. I also think that uh, one of the things that uh, I really admire about Paul, you know, whatever the differences might be between myself and himself uh, theologically, that he starts with diversity. It's like a given. And I don't even think that he's going to totally use that term. Uh, and that's because that's kind of uh, what's regular. That's the default. And so I hope that you're able to take something away from this particular episode and you um, see yourself as a master of divinity in this way as well. Thank you, Paul. Let's get right to it. Yeah, thanks, James, for uh, inviting me. Uh, my name is Paul Park, and I am a native of Southern California, born and raised in K-Town, and now I'm church planting a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multilingual church in the city of Westminster in Orange County. Uh, so that's what me and my family are called to do at this season of our life. So that's a little bit of my myself. I have a, a wife uh, and two kids, a seven-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. So that's a little bit about me. And where'd you go to school, Paul Park? Yeah, so I was a, a little bit uh, late. Uh, I went to school as an adult, well, college as an adult, if that we're talking about. I graduated from Biola and then headed over to Claremont, uh, got my MDiv over there. Took a little bit of time, but by the grace of God, I completed. And it was funny because when I graduated, it was during the pandemic. So we didn't have a live graduation. We had a virtual. So literally, I haven't worn a cap and gown since 2002 because I didn't graduate. I didn't walk when I was, I got my bachelor's, nor did I walk, got my master's. So both times I was in my boxers <laughs> watching the, watching my name go up as Paul Park got an MDiv. So I might go get a doctorate. I might want to walk that one. We'll see. I do believe that God has called preachers and teachers to pastor over the people that God has given them. So whether they okay. look the same, whether they look different, All right. I do being called. However, however, I, I, I do feel that, you know, God created people, right? Whether mm -hmm. they're Korean, black, white, it doesn't matter. He created humans, men and, men and women. Okay. Um, and so whoever we encounter, we should be able to disciple, lead, evangelize, love one another, be in communion with one another, regardless of skin color, socioeconomic. Okay. So that's where I am a little bit insistent on, because at the same time, I don't know who's listening to this, but we live in Southern California. Yes. And Southern California, um, you know, yes, we can get authentic food in Mexico, but we can get it pretty close here in East LA as well. That's right. uh, and that's also in Koreatown. That's also in Chinatown. That's also in little Ethiopia, little Saigon, Philippine. I, can, I can go on. And so we have about over 220 languages represented here just in LA. Mm -hmm. And I live in Orange County. And so, um, so being in, in this place of diversity 
and and being Christian at the same time, I do believe that whoever God has presented in front of us, we should be able to to preach the gospel in their context if we can, or in a context that they understand, uh, and then obviously be on mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ from every nation, tongue, and tribe. And so whoever is in front of me, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, um, God, God has commanded me to do so. So that's what I'm doing. So that's why I think in, in the context that I live, multi-ethnic ministry uh, should be intentional because we do speak the same language uh, most of the time, which is English in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I am aware that, that we are uh, very open to immigration. Uh, I come from an immigrant family. You know, my, my dad came here in the 80s uh, from Korea. My grandma came here from Korea. N- no English whatsoever. 30 years passed, well, 38 years passed now, no English whatsoever. And they survived, right? Um, and so uh, whether that was in Koreatown or whatnot, but at the same time, I do believe as we continue to live in a place, how do we um, preach, the, preach the gospel in a way where um, it binds us together? And I do think the message of Jesus does that. It's, mm-hmm. I don't think the message of Jesus is only for one type of people one group of people, but it is for all. So mm-hmm. if it is for all, why can't the body of Christ be for all, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a, I grew up in a, a predominantly Latino neighborhood uh, with, with a little bit of black, a little bit of other, but at the same time, I was able to befriend them and they became my closest homies. Um, we rallied around sports, but at the same time, we had a common interest. And to me, I do believe gospel can be a common interest because it, it does transform lives um, in, in our context of, of Christianity. And so, you know, I didn't know them. They didn't know me, but we became best of friends. Um, we didn't care what skin color we were. We didn't care what, where we were from. We loved sports and we came together. They became my brothers. My question is now for the churches, why can't we do that in the body, right? And I believe it's because, well, number one, theologically, is because of sin of man, our own greed of wanting to idolize ourselves um, and we can go deeper in that later. And secondly, is is fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the fear of hardships, fear of um, you know what we're not comfortable with, fear of maybe education, cultural openness. Um, but at the same time, I think with those fears, if we give it to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, um, continue to continue to work in us and give us the power. We can see the beauty that God wants to reveal through us, through every ethnicity, through every uh, people group. And I do believe that each, um, each thing that every, every cultural group brings is a gift from God. <clears throat> and so I use this analogy, and, th- and then maybe we'll go on to something else. Is, um, when, I, when I served at a church in Orange County, um, it was communion time. And usually communion, there's, you know, slow music in the back where there's just instrumentals. So at this time there was nothing. And I was like, well, there's no music in this church. It's weird. Uh, All of a sudden I hear an eruption of voices, choir voices. And they were from the Tongan group. We had a Tongan fellowship right then and there. I literally, I think I gave my life to Christ again. I mean, I was hired, but (laughs) I gave my life to Christ again. And I said, this is the music that I will be listening to in heaven because it hit me so much. And I believe that's the Holy Spirit. Now I've never listened to that music before, but because I do believe that it was God given, it connects us, it connects us together. And so, um, and so using 
And, and so seeing that, experiencing that firsthand, I worked in a church before I church planted five different language groups. Seeing that firsthand and being able to bind us together in the foundation with the word of God and then expressing that with the different traditions, with the different cultures, which also then brought us back together. Oh, uh, That's just a, a journey that I want to be with, with everybody that, that I come in contact with. So this is why I think multi-ethnicity um, and multicultural ministry not only is is maybe a commandment of ours, or maybe that's why you said I insist, but maybe it's a commandment of ours, but it benefits the body. And so if it benefits the body, why won't we engage in that type of relationship, right? That's my question. That's my constant question to churches. And that's my constant question to myself as I continue to journey with our people. Um, and so for our church, we are a multi-ethnic church, the English side, multicultural, but we did add a Cambodian fellowship side uh, where they where they have service in their language, the second and third gen have we can disciple them in in our language, and then we have fellowship together. That's the journey that we've started with together at Free Life Community Church. If is whoever God brings to me, or whoever God reveals to me, and I experiences on the daily, that should also be an opening for the gospel to enter. And so, what I mean by this is, so in our in our context right now, we planted in a city where it's probably 75-85% Vietnamese people. And so obviously the majority of the churches or or other religious uh, groups as Catholicism or Buddhists, there are a lot of Vietnamese, Buddhists, Catholics, and Protestant Christians. And so obviously, you know, uh, the people that I meet most of the time in Westminster is Vietnamese. However, that's not everybody. And so there are Hispanic people in our neighborhood and they are uh, pockets of Middle Eastern. And then because in Southern California, we drive a lot, that doesn't mean that people don't come into the city. So whoever I encounter, it, there's an opening for the gospel to be spread. And that, and which means that I have a duty as a pastor, a call from God to continue to open those expressions to our church, because there is a chance that they might stumble into our community again. And so multi-ethnic for me, well, so multi so that's in our context of multi-ethnicity. So in our leadership, I try to provide an equal amount of equity when it comes to cultures, traditions, and, 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 and Christian expressions, uh, not dominated by one. So again, I'm a Korean pastor. It is um, convenient, or uh, I can't find the word, but it's probably traditionally like mindset for me to have more people that I know that are Korean. I intentionally uh, try not to, um, not to, put as many Koreans in the leadership because uh, then again, that'll trickle down culturally, traditionally uh, Korean. Uh, most of the time, it, it, most of the time it does. Now people argue with me, well, you know, it depends on what culture, but at the same time, that's just where we go back to. That's our home base. And so I'm Korean. My associate pastor is African-American. And in our leadership board, we have uh, Mexican, Filipino, Cambodian, um, white uh white and yeah and so i try to uh, as much as i can to to equal or or give fair equity of culture tradition expressions uh but that again is not for me multi-ethnicity that's multiculturalism i think multi-ethnic is uh, more of color of your skin which is fine um uh, color of your skin so we have that as well we have a diverse people where they're from different backgrounds based on the color of the skin, but also culturally, uh, we're very diverse as well. 
And just, just, just to, um, just to be quick about it, the difference between for me for multi-ethnic, multicultural is multi-ethnic is just is just color. Multiculturalism is color plus a unique sense of culture and tradition uh, that has shared equity in the church. So that's what kind of mean by, by multi-ethnicity versus multiculturalism. And that's how I try to form our foundation of our church um, in our in our context. I don't know if that answers the question. So this is where I think. Uh, me in my religious uh, background of being Christian, this is where the glue comes in, is the gospel of Christ. Uh, knowing the gospel of Jesus in my context means that we're all different. We're all sinners. Uh, we all fall short of the glory of God. But when we come to Jesus, we could be redeemed back to the Father uh, and, and live a free life. And that's what we all agree on. That's a foundation we're working from. And that is kind of where we need to come back to every single time. So if, if one culture doesn't strengthen that uh, or exemplify that, uh, exemplify Jesus, exemplify the gospel in a way, whether that's through worship, that's through discipleship, that's through community, uh, that's when I think people might be playing for their own team a little bit. But when we're able to not only, um, not only strengthen it or express it, but also sacrifice some of the things that are not in my terms as biblical, right? Sacrifice some of the things that are man-made in a sense, um, whether that's certain traditions, certain cultures, and this is where it gets tricky. This is where it gets a little slippery too. Um, whether it's certain cultures, certain traditions, and for me uh, and our church, we are strong in the word of God. Where, where I mean by that is we keep hold to the word of God as best as we can with the, the, the best interpretation that we have for right now. So if it doesn't align with some of these biblical truths that I'm talking about, then maybe that is a conversation we need to have about, is this strengthening? Is this edifying? Or should it be sacrificed? And so, yes, it is very tough because we always have to have a conversation about what is biblical and what is of the world or man-made. Uh, and so this is the line tightrope that I walk every single day. Um, and then, but homogenous churches, uh, they also have to do that too. But uh, because, I don't know if I want to get into this right now. <laughs> uh, because... <laughs> Uh, because of certain cultural norms, um, those some of the activities can be in a little gray area, which is ours as well. You know, like, what do we do with Chinese New Year? What do we do with Cambodian New Year? Mm -hmm. How do we celebrate those um, and, and uh, gospelize it, I guess, in a way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the conversations that we need to have as a multi-ethnic church. Um, yeah. And like, like you said before. A distinct essence, and, and not just in race or culture or tradition, but also in socioeconomic status, mm -hmm. uh, also in food, also in worship styles, also in Christian education. Um, the analogy I give is you can have black, white, Asian living in one city, but if they all make a million dollars, are they really culturally diverse? Mm -hmm. um, and so because they, they have to have the same values in order to live in that same type of ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so that's where it kind of the hardship comes in, but at the same time, on the other side, the beauty of what comes out of it, uh, the prayers, uh, the, some of the Christian disciplines, the way people worship, the way people um, understand the word of God, that is what beauty is, I think. And that is part of the unknown where if you don't do it, you won't see it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, sometimes this might be thought of as a, a little bit unnatural, uh mm. something that is kind of not the default for you 
were you always like this or was there a time when you felt like oh um i had it wrong and yeah so you know yeah. yeah it's it's kind of weird because i grew up in a in a very christian family and i i mean a lot of people say that too but i grew up in you know my grandma was a pastor my dad was a pastor but at the same time i think the the area that i lived in um, because it wasn't as Korean, if that makes sense, because I grew up in a in a in a Hispanic neighborhood, um, I wasn't really surrounded by a lot of the Korean culture, as they say. The only time I saw it was at my house. I, I didn't go to any of these festivals or I didn't do any of these stuff because my grandmother and my dad were very firm on what does the Bible say as best as they could as Korean immigrants. So there were some mixtures in it. Uh, but at the same time, my friends were the people that I saw. So I think it's based on, on, on how you grew up as well. Like culture has a lot to do with it. You know, I'm not going to deny that. Like if I grew up in, in an affluent city, obviously my mind would be different. Maybe not, but it could be. But because of where I grew up and because of the things that I've experienced, um, I was able to kind of say my skin color does have something to do with it. However, if I can relate to my friends in these areas, maybe that can override that. And my hypothesis was true. <laughs> Sports did override some of the stuff that like being Asian. But at the same time, it's not something that we can deny because they're going to look at me and I'm not like them. But at the same time, because there was a higher purpose, which for us is God, we we're able to not directly um, uh, stick to those type of things. You know what I mean? I think we just have to continue to go back to the purpose and the mission of what we uh, attest to be when it comes to faith or, or the group that we're part of. Um, I think this, this, you know, I think the best way sometimes I could explain it is looking at groups outside of the church, right? Um, when we see, like, I'm huge into sports and I play rugby and rugby is not an American sport. Uh, but it came to America. And then, so when I play rugby, there was Koreans, black, Hispanic, white, and even white, it's from England, Ireland that emigrated over here, maybe. And, and even for our African-American brothers, there's like a Nigerian squad uh, and an African-American squad. And so when I see that, why are they able to do that? And obviously it's because what's, what's the main purpose of that? And they got it right, right? Um, it's sports. It's the team. And so when it comes to church, um, because obviously when it comes to faith, it's not as black and gray as a sport, right? There are rules. You can see it. You can touch it. When it comes to faith, I think if we just go back to the foundation of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, of what does God say about loving his people, if we get back to the root of that and kind of take away all the the, the glamour of buildings and even traditions that are man-made like you know, honoring the, the church being built at this time or, or the pews being built by which family or this land being bought by who. But go back to the core essentials of what it means to be a Christian, of, uh, you know, loving God with all your mind, heart, body, and soul, and loving your neighbors, as, you know. And going back to that type of theology, simple theology, um, I think then we can continue to say, hey, even though you li look different than me, maybe live a little bit different than me in a sense of like neighborhood or socioeconomic. You love Jesus as much as I do. Let's connect. 
And I think if we continue, to, I, I preached a, a sermon and we're in a sermon series it's called Life and Love. And we're talking about sacrificing, living a sacrificial life. And it's this, in, it's this idea of like individuals have to sacrifice um, in order to, to come back to God for themselves. And then, and, and then God working through them, uh, through the Holy Spirit and, and giving them this type of grace and mercy. So, so it can't be done by us because when we try to do it our way, obviously we've built up walls. We built up these ideas of what church is supposed to be in traditions and cultures. And the only reason why we call it a multi-ethnic church is because we're not multi-ethnic. If we were truly a, a church, we wouldn't call it a multi-ethnic church. We'll just call it church because everybody would be accepted in that way, um, especially when it comes to color of our skin. Um, but because it's not, we have to categorize it as a homogenous church or multi-ethnic okay. church or, uh, or stuff like that. And so, and so in order to clearly be diverse and open to all, you have to go back to the essentials of our faith. You have to go back to the core. And that is a, and that is a question uh, or that is a topic that not a lot of people want to go back to because then it has to deal with themselves. And sometimes we like to cover up ourselves even with the church, right? Mm -hmm. We do that with money. We do that with, um, uh, we do that with accolades. We do that with degrees, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in the church, we, we're, we're so sometimes, you know, we're the best or we're holy, and we forget, nah, we're messed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and so we need each other in that way to keep us accountable. So that's what I think it needs. I think it needs for us to sacrifice and a clear um, uh, clear mission of the church to going back to the essentials of what the gospel is really about. And then I think we can work from there. But until we get there, uh, we have to deal with, you know, com committees and, and all the other stuff. So as a church planter, my core question for myself as a servant leader or pastor of the church is is am i following am i keeping to the mission of making disciples that's our mission statement our mission statement is for free life community church is uh making uh disciples of all nation tribes and tongues now if if the building isn't doing that then we don't need a building hmm. but if the building helps do that by whether that's bringing people together making space for people that are in need and mm -hmm. continuing to be on mission, then a building is needed. If a committee is talking about, obviously the bills need to be paid, but if our focus is on what color this should be, that is not making disciples of Jesus, mm. right? But if, if we have a committee saying, hey, we need to get this painted. Okay, somebody painted. Okay, let's get back to the, to the root of what we're trying to do. Mm. Then I think committees are needed, right? Mm. Anything that I think empowers or progresses the mission that a church is on. Um, and, and if everything outside of that is needed, it's great. But if it's not needed, we don't need it because that's, that's just a waste of time. And that's what I think in my mind, the enemy is trying to cover us with anyway. Mm -hmm. And so, and so if, if, if we're better, so like if, if we're in a neighborhood and it, you know, it's, there's a lot of uh, homeless people and we have the ability to house some of them, but be also be on mission, then I would, I would definitely do that, right? Mm. Use a church, but there's a lot of pushback to that. Well, what about this? And what about that? Mm. And so this is why I think people in the churches are kind of, um, they, they don't even know what the mission or, or the purpose of the church is. Mm. All they know is that somebody built it, but whether it's my great grandfather or not, you have to preserve it because this stands for God. My question mm -hmm. is, is it though? Um, and so, mm -hmm. That's what I think that kind of needs to be sacrificed when it comes to materials, uh, when it comes to committees and, you know, shameless plug. And I think James said I can do this. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I will be starting a podcast called Church Ish, talking mm-hmm. about these things. What is the point of a building? What is the point of a committee? What is a denomination? Why do we need it? What is it good for? Mm-hmm. Kind of dissecting the church because I do love the church so much. I grew up, I'm a third generation pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. So I love the church, but at the same time, you know, if you love something, you care for it and you cherish it and you try to try to make it nice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so because I love the church so much, uh, I just want to go in there and see what's going on. Look under the cracks, right? Look under mm-hmm. these these pews and see what's stuck under these chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I'll be doing. But again, to close it up, I think that's what needs to be done is get back to what the main thing is. Now, if your church is all about renting space to mm-hmm. other churches, that's a good mission. Mm-hmm. Stick to that mission. And that's why you need a building. But if your church is not doing that and only for yourselves and nobody's there, then you're not doing it for the mission. Then you don't need. It, right. Mm. And then when and then. And so I think every church should, should look at themselves and says, what is the mission of us being in this neighborhood? What is the purpose of us um, in this location with this building? Why was it made? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I guarantee you, if you go back further enough, the purpose will be there. Um, and are you living into that? Or maybe your purpose has to change with the times. Uh, if you're a homogenous group that doesn't look like the culture, <laughs> you're not going to survive. Mm. <laughs> Straight, you're not going to survive. Unless you, you build a bridge and serve that community. Um, and so there's a lot of churches like that, whether they're homogenous in race, homogenous in culture. Um, like you said, the buildings might stay there, but the culture will change. Mm. And it, it depends on if, if the people are wanting to move and, and go along with the journey of the change or be stuck in the ways and stay, because if you're stuck in the way and stay, ultimately the, 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 the church will crumble or the building will crumble. Uh, mm-hmm. But the church will stay alive, but the building will crumble. So that's what I think um, about these things, about you know, the, some of the sacrifices that we made, even the denomination, right? If they're not for the purpose of, and we see this in a lot of them, why are they splitting? Right. Because somewhere along the line, I guess they were in line with the mission. And then somewhere along the line, whether people are right or wrong, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now they're having different ideas about what the mission is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why they ultimately split. Um, mm-hmm. But what if what would happen if we come back to the mission? Um, some people might go because they don't agree with it, which is fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least you'll know why. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what is happening. Uh, we're pretty active on our Instagram page at freelife.cc. Uh, you, you can check us out on YouTube too. There's some sermons up there. We're a new church. So we're still trying to get the technology right. Uh, if you just type in Free Life Community Church, you'll see us. We're the three. We're the three balls. That's our logo. I don't know why. <laughs> I just. I just need to make something quick. I was. I was, a, Multi, I was a, multicultural. That's right. That's right. I was trying to write up a perspective uh, and then I needed a logo. And so I just threw one up there and that's what mm-hmm. stuck. Our people's like, can we change it? I was like, please do, but they never do. So I don't know. Uh, it stays. So anyways, we have a YouTube, Facebook, we're on Facebook, I look it up. And then even on the major podcasts, we have some um, like testimonies up there. If you write free life podcast, we have some testimonies up there. We did a 21 day fast. We have some devotionals up there. Cool. So that's how you can find us that way also. Thank you.